Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. How are you? Nice to hear from you. Greetings to all of you folks around the country, around the world. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we're going to do attachments today. Attachments. What are you attached to? And again, it's like uh, having uh, been thinking about this and having some conversation about attachments over the last uh, week or so. And a lot of this spawns off a book, by the way. Here's the book of the week. It's called The Way to Love, Anthony DeMello. Anthony is Anthony, and DeMello's D-E, capital M-E-L-L-O-W. Uh, Anthony DeMello, the book is The Way to Love. And perhaps you're, um, uh, perhaps you know the book, but it's uh, basically uh, kind of, uh, it's chunked up into a bunch of little contemplations or a bunch of little meditative thoughts, uh, paragraph form. Um, based on some uh, scripture and based on like uh, Anthony's uh, kind of life's work. So it's great stuff. But as I've been reading this book, it's been really uh, triggering me into thinking and talking and contemplating about attachments. And uh, we're going to run through that because there are, I differ a little bit with with Anthony, just a little bit, having adopted kids. And we'll talk about that in a minute uh, because I do think there are some healthy engagement in attachment. Um, but obviously, I think the majority of our attachments, and again, this is one that the heart will struggle with today, so stay with me, <laughs> uh, the majority of our attachments suck, to be honest with you, and uh, we'll explain that why. Uh, on the book front, we're still uh, finishing up design on a book that I call Year. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a book that kind of came out of me kind of unexpectedly. It wasn't what I was hoping to write. Well, it wasn't what I thought I would write last year, but it's a collection of, of, of things that came out of my study and my daily kind of spiritual practice that I thought uh, would be great to let other people in on, which spawned an Instagram and a Facebook account and a whole bunch of other crap and uh, a small little uh, army of uh, folks that have kind of tuned in and watched what I've been doing. And uh, so we were like, hey, man, let's put this in a book. But it's not like a regular book. It's not like a chapter book. I think you're going to like it. Something different. Something off the beaten track, if you will. Um, okay, so we're going to do attachments. Now, before we get into it, I want you to kind of circle yourself around that word and what you think um, attachments uh, are in your life. Uh, now, for example, in my in, in our family, and we've got three adopted kids, a sibling group of three, uh, two boys uh, and a girl. They're all teenagers, uh, 13, 15, 17. And in our family, we talk about attachment as if we want attachment. And that is a really healthy understanding of how people are going to kind of connect to one another. So we're not biological. This wasn't a, a system in our, it wasn't a way in our family where like, you know, Di got pregnant nine months later, had a kid and we were, you know, attached to what was happening, not only with her body, but in her mind. And, and then boom, this kid pops out and boom, we're attached even more now that it's here. Like th there's a bunch of stuff that we kind of missed, both the kids and uh, the parents. We kind of missed informing of attachment, right? Informing of bonding, if you will. And maybe bonding's even a better word to attachment at that point. But in our case, we do hope our kids attach to us because um, kids should obviously attach to parents like, you know, finding some of their protection, finding their safety, finding some of their their programming, if you will, in their parents. So there, there can be healthy attachment in that way. And I know that the, the attachment and bonding folks who do work with like my kids or um, you know, families that have busted apart or families that are just coming together. I know they use those words, attachment, bonding. So it's not that we want to 
throw a wrench on top of this word. What we want to do is we want to really focus in on the attachment that we have that we perceive are going to give us happiness or will give us happiness. That's where we want to go today because happiness is is like in play. And if you live in this country, happiness is like, you know, Man, you just have to go through Instagram. You just have to go through Facebook or, you know, I mean, you don't have to go too far to really kind of understand where we put uh, happiness on priority and, and making the outer <laughs> uh, exterior of our lives uh, look in a myriad of different ways as the perception of happiness. Look, I'm happy. I have a finely trimmed lawn. Oh, look at me. I'm happy. My hair looks good. My clothes are fine. So we, we do a bunch of things uh, in, in attachment that definitely uh, aren't healthy. That was my chair, by the way. I had to lean back and get my keyboard. Um, if you talk with me on the phone, you hear my chair a lot. I know you're probably laughing for those of you who are on the phone. Um, so, are you at the mercy of people, places, and things? That's the question for today. Are you at the mercy of people, places, and things? And is your emotionality revolving around people, places, and things. Because if you're programmed, and there's no doubt that we grow up and we have a kind of a programming, either from our parents, our community, our faith, our schools, or whatever, or wherever we're growing up in, that we're programmed to understand where we think happiness is coming from. And for the majority, we're humans. And so humans place massive stock on people, places, and things to derive happiness to get happiness from, to plug into, and get the happiness river aflowing. So I, I want you to know, like if you're at the mercy of people, places, and things to bring you happiness, you're screwed right off the bat. That's bad attachment. That's, that's the end of the deal. Because if you're attached to people, places, and things as the provider of happiness, they will let you down. And there's a myriad of words that you're going to be struggling with, right? Anger and fear and worry and anxiety and depression, uh, just to mention a few, unhappiness. And all those words are, are really leaning into the fact that the way we've been programmed is a person's going to make you happy. A institution is going to make you happy. A process, a place is going to make you happy. Like I deal a lot with people who want geographical cures, right? Like they go, I'm going to move to Seattle and Seattle's going to make me a new person. I'm going to have a new season in Seattle. The problem is you're dragging your head along with you. So eventually Seattle-ness wears off and you have to deal with self again. So the basic premise I want everybody to start with in attachment is if you're leaning in on people, places, and things to make you happy, you're screwed, and we need to get you away from that. We need to get you vibing in another direction. Now, I also understand that there is healthy level of attachment, like I say, and again, maybe that word needs to be bonding at that point. Because I do understand that there's families out there uh, that are either blended by adoption, blended by marriage, or blended by whatever that do need a little bit of a, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked to you as, as a family member, or I'm hooked to you as a part of my growing, or I'm hooked to you as a part of my learning, or I'm hooked to you as a part of how I will learn to give love and receive love. So I understand that. But for the most part, we're talking about like, hey, man, do you have a wife, a girlfriend, a husband, a boyfriend, a, a, a whatever that you just look at solely as your target for happiness? Because if that's the case, you're screwed. <laughs> that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. 
or a, or a position, or a position. For those of you out there that are just, I know a few of you that are just driven, the, the, the air you breathe in and the air you spit out is driven by the career, the job that you are in. And if you just get X, you will be okay. <laughs> you will be happy. You will be peaceful. And again, there's a few of you out there. I, I knew a guy, man, who, when I was in my early 20s, and he kept talking about, uh, I'm going to be a bartender in the Bahamas. Or the Caribbean, and uh, you know, his. If I just get to the Caribbean, man, I'm gonna be happy. If I just get to the Caribbean, I'm gonna be happy. And I know there's a few of you out there that lock and load like that too. I'm gonna go to New York City. I'm gonna go to LA. I'm gonna go to London. I'm gonna the 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 place is gonna the place is gonna make me happy. And they and that may be true. That may be true that the place does satisfy you. But we're gonna talk about that satisfaction too. But I just want to get that basic premise. If you lean in on attachment, says you're happy. Uh, motor. It's not a good place to be. Um, the other thing is like what happens. So I want you to think about that real quickly. Take a little couple seconds, vibe with me. Where are your attachments? Are there people in your life that you just think are going to make you happy? Are there places in your life that are going to make you happy? Are there things in your life that are driving or you perceive are going to make you happy? So get those people, places, and things in your mind. And then I want you to understand what happens when that attachment is threatened. What happens when you are threatened, when that person that you think is going to make you happy is threatened, when that relationship is threatened, when the place that you are looking at as happiness is threatened, the stuff that you have is threatened? What happens to you internally? What goes on in there? You, you probably go into a, a paranoid protection mode, right? And a lot of this stuff can spin off codependency like crazy. This can even form addictions at the end of the day because what we're running for for happiness and peace oftentimes won't meet us. And so then what ends up happening is we look for other things <laughs> to provide that booze, alcohol, shopping, things that are just well outside our guises that can easily become addictions. So again, attachments are killing us. That's all there is to it. Where do we get them? Well, again, it's how we grow up. It's who we grew up with. It's the system of faith that we grow up in. It's the school. It's the community. It's the country. I was talking to a guy who grew up in Hungary uh, uh, just early this morning, and he was giving me some differences between people of Hungary and people of this country. And I kind of settled him into, I don't care what country you're growing up in, uh, the idea, though, uh, at the end of the day, is to understand our humanity, but still there is programming that goes on depending on where we grow up and how we grow up, and so I get it. I totally get it. Um, what, are your, what are the attachments right now? And I want you to be honest. What do you perceive will bring you happiness? Mine, I used to, I mean, there are so many little attachments along my journey. Uh, one was always being the guy in the know. Like, that was my attachment. My attachment was to, like, things I knew, or study, or, or things that I can impress you with, with my knowledge base, if you will. And that drove me crazy until I understood that nobody, give a, nobody, nobody cares at the end of the day. And it, and it, and it led me to, to form persona and, 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 and wanton manipula, you know, manipulating you on what I knew or what I didn't know or what I thought you knew or stuff like that. Um, when, I was in, when I was in college, I dated a girl that I thought would make me happy, uh, because she was a, you know, a certain mindset that I had, like if I had this girl that looked like this and 
did these things and talked like this and had these interests, well, that would settle it all. And that, that blew up in my face too. So booze was attachment for me without a doubt. Booze was this attachment, like it had a romanticism to it. It had obviously a numbing effect to me. It, 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 it in season provided me some happiness until the booze got to an addictive level where it was no longer, it was, it's just no, it was no longer to it was no longer appropriate to drink, period. And it kicked my ass. People, places, and things. That's all there is to it. Some of my attachments to my hobbies um, have kicked my ass. There's no doubt. Uh, for, for most of you know, I like old cars. And I've had several over the years. And I can remember thinking if I just had that old car, I'd be happy. And when you get that old car, you are not happy because you're taking that old car to the shop a lot and paying money for it. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> But I can remember thinking, looking at that old car, I like that. Uh, processes for me or or communities for me, like I can remember thinking if I could just be a good church guy, I would be happy. And that couldn't be farther from the truth in my life, um, as evidenced uh, by the book I wrote, Starving Jesus, or I just if you know me, <laughs> you get it right away. Um, I, I really, really like thought if I was to be a good church guy or if I could you know, sound like that guy, be that guy, uh, have the right Jesus-y, toothy grin that I would be um, cool or I would be happy. And it just couldn't have been farther from the truth because my true self was screaming out, like, get the hell out of church. Really, you don't need to be anywhere near a church for that matter. And that's true in my life. I don't need to be anywhere near a church. That's all there is to it. But wait, you're a Jesus guy. Yes, yes. I love the Jesus wisdom tradition. There's no doubt. Um... Jesus is uh, certainly formatively for me uh, a massive deal uh, in my spiritual life, without a doubt. So yeah, but for me, man, church ain't it. That's just how it goes. We can do another podcast on that. Blah 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 blah. Um, so yeah, so I've got all those. I've got all those processes too, just like you. So for you, who are those people? Who is that person? What is that thing? Where is that place? Um, the beach for me has one of those things, if I can just get to the beach, I'll be happy. If I could just live in a beach community, I'd be happy. And I moved to Carlsbad, California. And I'll be honest with you, it was great to live in Carlsbad, California. And it is great to live in Carlsbad, California. But the beach didn't make me happy at the end of the day. And we're going to talk about that. So you get my point. And I want you to focus in and be hyper vigilant, if you will, for a little period of time today. And to think about the attachments that are around you. And are you like at at their whim, at their will, at their mercy. Are you? Are, are your emotionality embroiled and twirling around them? Because if it is, man, that's just not a great way to live. It's not a great way to live because, again, that fear, anxiety, worry, unhappiness, depression, like all these are facets of you allowing other people um, that, that work in happiness. So and I got three ways then at that point, and again, I think we're going to probably do a couple weeks of attachment just so we can really sit in it, but I, I want to get uh, in the remainder of time here, I want to get three ways out to be unattached, the three ways out how to remove yourself from some of these attachments. Number one is to get rid of the belief that attachments to people, places, and things is going to make you happy. So number one, get rid of the belief that that person, that dude, that chick, that relationship is going to make it all happen for you. That place, that crap in your life, the stuff, the house, 
the clothes. I know people that are so attached to to how they look and the clothes that they buy that they're just absolutely blinded. Um, they're, they're, they're blinded. And again, it may be good in the interim, but at the end of the day, clothes don't make the man. Clothes aren't going to make you happy. And again, I get it, man. This, this, this podcast, the heart may struggle with because there are some attachments that you dig and you like. I hear you. I hear you. There are some attachments. But JR, I like my John Varvatos. But JR, I love my hot rod. But JR, I love Billy, who really makes me feel good. And I get that. And we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that. But when you form the attachments in relation to your happiness, that's where things go haywire. And that's what I want you to hear me say. All right, so get rid of that belief. Uh you may encounter resistance on this, like I say, with your heart. Your heart may already be bucking the system of what I'm talking about right now. Jair's full of shit. There's no way. I, I like that. I'm going to keep that thing. I am attached to that thing. Yes, they make me happy. He's crazy. So I, your, your heart may already be doing some of that like pushback, if you will. And I guarantee you that's a part of this process. But I think what you're going to find is once you start having a little independence away from people who you perceive are bringing you happiness, you're going to find true value in yourself. You're going to try. You're going to find true value in the divine. In other words, a little safety and security in you, a little safety and security in the divine, and a little bit bigger understanding of who you are that you don't need to be driven by people, places, and things, and the understanding that they make you happy. And that's freedom, y'all. And that's freedom. Number two, enjoy things. Stopping the expectation of happiness. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy versus the expectation of happiness. Now, again, I moved to Carlsbad, California with my family. We took a job here in San Diego, but part of that was let's go to the beach. We're going to the beach. Beach is going to make us happy. Beach is going to make us happy. We came from Cleveland, Ohio. Beach is going to make you happy if you're coming from Cleveland, Ohio, but it's going to make you happy for a season, not not as an internal eternity, if you will. So I had to learn to enjoy the beach and stop making the beach an expectation of happiness. I had to learn to enjoy Southern California and not just go, Southern California is going to make me happy. San Diego is going to make me happy. And Los Angeles is going to make me happy because all the cool people are here and I'm here now. And so now I'm happy. And I know a few of you struggle with that. Believe me, I know a few of your stories out there. I know you struggle with thinking that the place you live in wraps your identity, therefore giving you happiness. And I'm busting bubbles today, y'all. I'm busting those bubbles going, no. At the end of the day, when you place happiness in that, worry, fear, anger, depression, unhappiness. And you, and listen, if you give this a, a little thought, a little contemplation, I'm not convincing you. I'm just saying if you give it a little thought, I'm not proving to you. I'm just saying if you give it a little thought, you'll start to you'll start to hear those bells going off. So I want you to enjoy. I want you to be able to take things in. Like now I take in the beach. I take in the physicality of the peace that the beach provides, the warmth of the sand, the sound of the ocean, a great sunset, the surfers enjoying their environment, a tourist meeting the water for the first time, the just sitting and calming and relaxing state of what the beach is. I take it in as enjoyment instead of an expectation that says it will simply fill me. 
And enjoyment and happiness, two different things in there. And that's a hard, not a hard thing, but it's, it's something that you've, you, you've got to put your mind to, to understand. You will be spared the emotional struggles if you just start to learn to enjoy versus the expectation it will make you happy. And certainly you can understand that. If you have an expectation that something's going to make you happy and it doesn't, well, then it sucks, right? And that's what really I'm talking about. If you decide that you're going to enjoy an environment, enjoy a person, enjoy a thing, it's going to be a hell of a lot different relationship than you just having the expectation that it will make you happy, just like with the old car in my life. Like for me the other day, I was driving, I have a 68 Cutlass, it's for sale by the way, 68, 1968 Cutlass S, convertible, 350 V8 rocket for sale. It's very original. You will, it's a Southern California cruise car. If you want it, call me. But I was driving this, uh, I was driving this um, car to see a client the other day. I top down, uh, light breeze, it wasn't that hot out, and I, and I was sitting in enjoyment of this thing versus the idea that anytime I get near it, it's just going to fill me. And it's such a different perspective because it spares me that absolute cemented connectivity to happiness that will produce the struggle of emotional crap. And so by enjoy, I mean stay in the present, stay in the moment, stay in the present, stay in the moment with people, places, and things. Just like with the beach, understand what you like about it and be able to sit in it, relax with it, have peace among it, right? That spares you from a lot of things. Number three, first one, get rid of that belief that attachments will make uh, people happy. Number two, enjoy things, stay in the moment, Stop, separate out the enjoyment versus the expectation of happiness. Number three, learn to take everything in around you versus just the few things that you believe are going to create happiness. So, th- so you know, again, it's not that this concept is hard. So a lot of us fixate and focus down into a few things that are going to make us happy. That person right there, yes, you, Billy, you're going to make me happy. That right there, yes, that job right there, and then the I'm going to go for that thing, I'm going to get that executive position, and that's going to make me super happy because it's going to make me the money I want, give me the power that I want, the office that I want. It's going to give me the command and the passion that I want, and that's going to make me happy right there, yep. And then after that, I'm going to get that BMW 7 Series because that's the car that I want, and then I'm going to go shopping over at Nordstrom's, and I'm going to grab that John Ravedos that, and then I'm going to go over there, I'm going to join that club right there. So again, we, we, we really, what, what ends up happening in this idea that we attach to things that make us happy is we end up narrowing our field of focus. We end up really narrowing up, instead of like, you know, a hundred pennies in our pocket, we put three pennies in our pocket and call it a day. And I'm like, let's put a hundred pennies in our pocket. Let's enjoy as much as we can. Let's enjoy the community at large. Let's enjoy the place you are in, and let's enjoy the things around you, and let's open up to new experiences, meaning open up to new people, (laughs) because when we talk about everybody's like, hey, why don't you experience more? It's always like, I'm going to go take a tennis class. I I want you to go, I want to go learn from others about tennis. I want you to open up to other people, other communities, people, other processes, people. I want you to meet as many people as you can and to enjoy those people in your community. 
Now, I'm not saying you got to be best friends with everybody because obviously you don't. Scripture, a lot of scriptures, man, indicate that like, you know, a couple people is good. You can chill with a couple people who really know you, who really are in your circle, and that's okay. And that's probably all the functionality we have at the end of the day anyway. Nobody needs a hundred damn best friends. Nobody does. My point is, is when you learn to take everything in around you versus the few things that that perceived attachment and happiness does, you spread your wings, so to speak. And when you spread your wings, you're able to have a mystery or you're able to pre- you're able to look into the mystery of everything around you and not just have a definitive understanding that that doesn't make you happy, I'm done with that, that makes me happy, I'm going for that. Again, instead of three pennies in your pocket, 100 pennies in your pocket. So do what you can to enjoy more. Enjoying more meaning new experiences, new understandings, new challenges, new places. I talked to a guy the other day and I was like, uh, you know, he's in his 20s and I'm like, yo, man, do you got the itch to travel at all? And he's like, no. And we just started to really, we start, we, we, I, I needled him a little bit about it. He just got in the weeds with him a little bit about it. Yeah, and it turns out he did want, he does want to go see and experience new things. But there's a perception in his life that where he's at right now is where the happiness is centered. And so once he started to break that open a little bit, he was like, yeah, man, I do want to see that. And I do want to see this. And I do want to go there. So, okay, so that's it. That's that's three ways to stay unattached. So the uh, the other sentence is so, is so where do we attach? <laughs> where do we attach then? If I do those three things, like where is the attachment going? Like where does the energy then at that point go? And that will be next week's podcast. <laughs> You're like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's not that difficult though. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I'm sure you already got a, probably a pretty good idea on where that energy will go. For me, that energy goes not only to looking inside of who I am. In other words, finding out true self JR, John Mann, like who am I? Really, what the divine set inside of me, but then it's also looking back to the divine and really understanding the universe at large and really understanding where I'm attaching to the universe at large and my sense of God and my sense of Trinity um, and all the great wisdom then that floats around that. But we're going to talk about that next week. So my good friends, I love you very, very much. I know that this one can be a struggle because our country, particularly this country, our world, uh, our humanity says, go get that person and call it a day and get that thing and call it a day and then go get that place and call it a day and everything will be okay. And I know that, but I think you get it. Again, I believe you're more aware than you think you are. I don't believe you are unaware at all. I believe very much that you have a good fondness for yourself somewhere deep inside of that and that you do want the attachment away from people, places, and things so you can really carve out true self of who you are. I'm JR Man. You can find me at jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. If you need me, I'm a spiritual director, mentor, coach. Uh, I basically walk with you during the seasons of your life, whatever those seasons are, and we help figure it out. I don't fix, man. I listen at the end of the day, and listening means that uh, you and I enter into a a wonderful kind of accountability with one another where we will dive deep and uh, maybe we'll wrestle and struggle a little bit with the crap that's going on, uh, but we figure out way, right? We introduce concepts like receiving love, giving love, what is peace, where do we find peace and stuff like that. Uh, if you need me, all the numbers are there, the digits are there, you can call my phone, I will pick up. If not, I will call back. If you text, I'll text back, I promise. 
I'm not some dork that doesn't text back. Facebook me, I'll do that too. Find me on Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of crap. Good people. Next week, we will do where you take your attachment and where do you give it? Where do you, where do you go with it? What do you do with it? Who do you do it with? See you next week.